presence with joy and realize what this really means. We have the privilege of worshiping Yahweh our God, for he is our creator and we belong to him. We are the people of his pleasure. You can pass through his open gates with the password of praise. Come right into his presence with thanksgiving. Come, bring your thank offering to him and affectionately bless his beautiful name. For Yahweh is always good and ready to receive you. He's so loving that it will amaze you, so kind that it will astound you, and he is famous for his faithfulness towards all. Everyone knows our God can be trusted, for he keeps his promises to every generation. Lift up a great shout of joy to Yahweh. Go ahead and do it, everyone, everywhere. Worship Yahweh with gladness. Sing your way into his presence with joy and realize what this really means. We have the privilege of worshiping Yahweh our God, for he is our creator and we belong to him. We are the people of his pleasure. You can pass through his open gates with the password of praise. Come right into his presence with thanksgiving. Come, bring your thank offering to him.
morning, everyone. It's so good to see you here this morning at Victory Christian Fellowship. We serve a good God, and He He desires to do great things in us, through us, and to us. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful and thankful that you gave us Jesus, you gave us your word, and you gave us your spirit. And Lord, we just honor you in this place today. We welcome your presence here among us. And we thank you, Lord, that we can have a divine encounter with you today in the wonderful and mighty name of Jesus. Let's worship the Lord together. Are you ready to worship this morning? When you walk into the room,
the way we worship God. We put him above every other thing. Whatever is going on in your life, he still loves us. He still thinks highly about us. His thoughts are great and mighty and powerful enough. Oh, we worship you in this place. We worship the living God. Every other word must go under our feet where they belong. Because what Jesus says about me and what Jesus did. Father, come on, say it, say it. 
one of our members, Rick Keene, was in the accident. And we're going to pray for him. And we're going to pray for uh, Pastor Bob. Uh, you may not know him. They just started coming for a little bit. But he needs some kidneys. Amen. How many know we serve a big God? So join with me as we pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask you to stretch forth your hand to Rick, Lord, who was involved in an accident while coming to church, Lord. And I just thank you, Father, that you touch him, you touch his body, you restore health and strengthen him, Father, and you work out all things for his good, Lord. And I just thank you, Lord, that you're the keeper and the sustainer of our life. And Lord, we just thank you that you're the healing God. And I thank you, Father, for your goodness and your grace. You're so incredible, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, that you sent your angels on that scene. And you're working it all out, Father. And you're restoring health and strength to him, Father. And we thank you for uh, Pastor Bob, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we ask that your power touch him, Father. Recreate those kidneys, Father, in the name of Jesus. Cause those kidneys to resurrect in Jesus' name. We speak life and health to his body, Father. I know the same Spirit of Christ who dwells in Him that raised Christ from the dead. And Lord, you're quickening His mortal body right now. You're touching Him, Father, with your mighty power. And Lord, we know that there's no distance in the Spirit of God. And we just thank you, Lord, that when things happen in life, we have someone to call upon who will answer us and do great and mighty things. And it's you, God. We put our trust in you. We believe you, Father. Thank you for touching these people. In the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. And Lord, we praise you. We welcome you in this place. Your very presence. You're an interactive God. You dwell among your people. You inhabit our praise. We can abide in you and you abide in us. And Lord, we're so grateful and thankful that we are on your side and you are for us and not against us. And we thank you, Lord, for speaking to us right now. My word is the everlasting word. It was good when I said it and it's good now I will not change I'm the same yesterday today and forever says the Lord you can rely on my word you can stand on my word you can live by my word for my word is the guiding light it will outlast anything else hallelujah thank you Lord Jesus oh hallelujah Amen. Well, you may have your seats. Thank you, Signature Worship Team. Today is Communion Sunday. I have two more weeks with you, and then I'll be traveling overseas, helping other people inherit God's promises and experience their benefits. Amen. And I appreciate all those who partner with me in sending me, and uh, thank you so much. But it is Communion Sunday, and uh, we like to take communion as a family. I say a few things about it, and then we'll receive communion. And if you turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12, starting with verse 22, if you want to follow along, or you can read on the screen. Um, 
But he says some things here in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22. It says, but you have come to Mount Zion. That's the church. And to the city of the living God. We make up the temple of God. The heavenly Jerusalem. And the myriads of angels in festive gathering. I'm reading from the Amplified. And to the general assembly and the assembly of the firstborn who are registered as citizens in heaven. That's us. Hallelujah, the church. And to God who is judge of all and to the spirits of the righteous, the redeemed in heaven, who have been made perfect, bringing them to their final glory. Now look at verse 24. It says something very interesting. And to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant. He's the go-between. He is the negotiator. Hallelujah. Uniting God and man. Well, he is the God-man. He's 100% God and 100% man. And to the sprinkled blood. Ooh, there's something about that blood. Which speaks of mercy. A better and nobler and more gracious, gracious message than the blood of Abel that cried out for vengeance. Did you know that your blood speaks? Abel was killed by his brother Cain over an offering. Because one did it the way God wanted it, and the other one did it his way. And God gave the one who did it his way, which was Cain, an opportunity to change. He said, if you do right, you'll be accepted. Amen? How many know we got to follow what God says? But, you know, Cain didn't do what was right, and that vengeance and that... Um, thing rose up in him and he killed his brother and you know the Lord asked uh, Cain where his brother was he said I don't know <laughs> but but his blood was talking but he says here Jesus's blood it speaks of better things how I many know God Jesus's blood has got something to say he said you can be saved from sin you can be healed of your sickness or disease You can have peace like a river. You can have joy unspeakable and full of glory. You can be a a family member of God's house. You can be a citizen of heaven. Hallelujah. You can be strengthened. You can be restored. That's what the blood of Jesus is saying. He's got something to say. Amen. Jesus' blood makes a statement. Death stops here. The curse is broken here. You overcome here. That's what the blood of Jesus says. His blood is still talking. And he's got some good things to say. Amen? His blood communicates forgiveness. His blood communicates restoration. His blood communicates renewal. His blood communicates eternal life. Hallelujah, his blood's got something to say. So when we do this, we're just using symbols, but they represent, and what they represent is the blood of Jesus and the body of Jesus, and all that comes with that is represented in these things. This is the picture 
of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. Hallelujah. His body was broken so that yours could be fixed. Glory to God. His blood was shed so that you could be completely cleansed from sin. You know, Mr. Clean can do some things. But Jesus' blood can clean you a whole lot better. Amen? Hallelujah. Are you grateful for his blood? Are you listening to what it's saying to you today? You know, when we take this communion, if you need healing in your body, say, I'm healed. Say, I receive my healing. Amen? If you need help, say, I receive my help, whatever it is. Everything that Jesus offers us is represented in these elements. And his blood speaks of better things. Amen? He'll give you a better hope, a better future. Glory to God. If your past wasn't great, your future can be awesome. Amen? When you, when you get hooked up with Jesus, you'd be like, what was that now? I can't, I, it's so cloudy. I, I can't remember it. Amen? My life, I'm a different person now. I'm a new man. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right, if you would like to go get your elements, and uh, you, they're at the back there, and you can get them, and we'll come back together and take them together. Hallelujah. Lord, we just thank you that your blood is speaking to us, and we just receive the message that your blood is sending in the name of Jesus. We're so grateful and thankful, Lord, for the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Your blood is powerful, and it's still working today. There's still blood flowing from Emmanuel's veins. And Lord, we give you thanks and praise for bringing healing and life and deliverance. We thank you, Lord, for touching your people. Glory be to God forevermore. Lord, we're thankful that you have created and made this table in the presence of our enemies, and we can partake of this. We can focus on more what's you, more on. We can focus on more what you're doing than when, whatever else is happening in our life. And Lord, we bless you and praise you and magnify you. Thank you for the blood of Jesus, which brings forgiveness, healing. It gives us access to the Father. It brings us before the throne. Oh, we're so grateful, Father. We're so grateful. We give you thanks and praise and glory. No matter what happens in our life, Father, we stand on your word. Glory be to God forevermore. You're so good and gracious, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You know, it's so amazing that he's sitting down having this meal knowing that he's going to be betrayed, he's going to be beaten, he's going to be whipped, he's going, he's going to be shedding blood all over his body. Hallelujah. But yet, he is so grateful to God. Hallelujah. Bless your holy name, Lord Jesus. I'll tell you what, we love our church family. BCF is an awesome place, and you're an awesome group of people. 
I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Amen? Amen. And we're growing. We're reaching out into our community. God's doing great things. Hallelujah. So, on the night that he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's partake. And in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This this, uh, do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let us drink. And let us thank God for the message that the blood is sending to us. Lord, we're so grateful and thankful for the good things that you have provided for us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's welcome Dr. Fiona. Amen. Well, if you're visiting with us, we just want to say welcome to you. And if you're watching online, thanks for watching. And uh, what we like to do is speak the word here. And so uh, we make a confession based on a subject. We we emphasize a subject every quarter. And uh, this is God's blessings. Amen. So let's together make this confession of faith. God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms in Christ. God the Father selected us as his own before the foundation of the world. He desires for us to be holy, consecrated, set apart for him, and blameless in his sight. The Lord revealed to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ. In Christ we have received an inheritance, having been chosen according to his divine purpose, who works everything in agreement with the counsel and design of his will. When we heard the true gospel, the good news of our salvation, and believed in Jesus, we were sealed with God's Holy Spirit and protected by him. God made us alive together with Christ. By his grace, we are saved from God's judgment. At Victory, our vision is to reach out beyond our walls with the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance. To proclaim the uncompromising word of God, to build a strong body of believers, and to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's word to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. At Victory Christian Fellowship, we are inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits. Amen. Amen. I wanted to share something real yeah. quick. Um, I, I wanted, there's a lot going through my head right now, but I'm not preaching. Uh, <laughs> Um, um, I'll preach in two weeks. I'm going to preach. But I want to share something. You know, when the devil attacks your life, 
it takes him a long time to um, dismember you. That's the word I'm looking for. Like to rip you apart, to like tell you you're nothing, to like make you feel like you can't do anything, to make you feel the only way out is to depend on something he gives you. It takes him a while to build up to that. He has to use a lot of other people. He has to do meticulous work. It's hard work. He toils a lot. His demons toil a lot. And people that he use, they toil a lot. But I want you to get in your spirit and in your mind to understand that when God does a work to bring you back together, it don't take a long time at all. It can happen like that. Because the best thing God could do for us is take us from darkness to light. When we have the born again experience. And when that happens, it happens like that. It happens that we believe that Jesus died for our sins. We receive what he did for us on the cross. And we confess him that he is the Lord of our life. And boom, just like that. Because you said those words and believed it, you become born again. That is it. You ha- the payment that Jesus made has just been transferred to your name as free and clear. Do you see this? This is the power of God at work. So I don't ever want you in your life to equate the time it took for you to get into whatever state you're in. And now it's going to take time to get back. That's a lie from hell. Because you know who wants the time? It's the devil. He needs the time to keep pursuing you and to keep pulling you down and to keep dragging you down. But God doesn't need all that. He, he, he doesn't work in time. Amen. He's eternal. So everything God does is now. So when the Bible says now faith is, it really means like right now, as you're saying it, now faith is. Do you hear me? So start to meditate on the fact that God is now. God is now. And if something doesn't work for you now, it doesn't mean God is not now. It means you're not used to having it now. (laughs) that's what it means but listen don't give up just practice now i can have it now i can have it now if you were in a situation where there was a life altering moment you know something happened and a life and death is right before you and you say jesus why would you say that wouldn't you expect him to help you well wouldn't that be needed in the now like in that moment right now you literally need jesus to come grab you and get you out of Everything should be seen like that. Every single situation in your life should be seen that way where you go now. Just walk around this week, start saying now, now, now. Amen. That's my, that's my thing. I'm not preaching yet, though. I'll preach in a couple of weeks. Who's, who's, uh... All right. Are we ready? I'm doing announcements now. <laughs> And we have a lot of announcements because God is on the move now in our church and in our community. And we are having a blast. (laughs) So our normal, regular services are happening this week. 
Tuesday is our youth, New Generation Air Force from 6 to 8. And Wednesday is Wednesday Night Refreshing from 6.30 to around 8, 8.30. And then Friday, we are at the Palmyra Square from 6.30 to 7.30. Abby's favorite part is when people honk their horns. She gets excited. (laughs) And we met a woman that walked by, and she wasn't convinced that her future looked bright, which is what one of our posters say. But then Abby, her favorite poster, is Jesus Loves You, which she yells to everybody who drives by and who stopped at the red light. So it's a great opportunity to give them the message, Jesus Loves You. And she saw that sign, and the lady said, well, I'm glad to know that at least someone besides my kids love me. So we are affecting people and families in the simple one hour a week standing at the square, holding up signs of messages of hope and shouting out, and people give us the thumbs up, they wave, they, they shout out their windows, yes, God is awesome, you know. So it's an interaction that we're just discovering. It's, it's quite exciting. <laughs> right, Abby? <laughs> it's very exciting. <laughs> and we have worship music playing. So we're affecting the atmosphere. We're declaring worship, praise. We're, we're praying in tongues while we're standing there. The effect is unlimited of life and light and the love of God being distributed at that intersection. Whoo! Hallelujah. So that's Friday. And then Saturday, our youth are hosting or sponsoring their first ever Summer Supreme event. It's at Memorial Park, which is our neighborhood here, before the railroad tracks. (laughs) It used to be called Fireman's Park, and what I've been told is the if you put it in your map, the GPS, it still goes by Fireman's Park. So just a heads up there. And we are blessing our community. We're going to have our youth band called Heartfelt Fire Band. And we're going to have speakers from our youth and our pastors giving the message of Jesus Christ. And we're having a free lunch that businesses who are joining with us in this vision of blessing our community, they've donated lunch. And we have school supplies that many of you have donated. We have gift cards from businesses. We have gift baskets. And we just want to be a blessing to our community. We're going to do arts and crafts, kids that like the hands-on thing. We have jewelry making and Spin art paint. I think I said that backwards, but <laughs> and then for those that don't like the crafty stuff, Stevens heading up the field games and the relays, and that you know that's going to be a blast. <laughs> so we have the whole field. It's a big field. It's a baseball field, an open field. We have the pavilion. We have the band show. We have the kitchen, the playground. They've just put in a doggy water fountain. so you can bring your dogs and they will get a drink (laughs) so come on out that starts at nine and goes through four o'clock amen that's saturday that's this week 
Sounds great to me. <laughs> and then, okay, let's, let's stick to August here. Okay, August. Okay, August 26th is the last Saturday. We do not have Barnabas. So mark your calendars, no Barnabas on August 26th. And prepare for Barnabas at the Men's Breakfast of Encouragement the last Saturday of September. I don't have up here, but um, I know Brother Pastor Hagen and his ministry are going to be ministering in Pennsylvania. Is it up there? Oh, there you go. Spring Mills. So that's um, August 23rd through the 25th. So they have... Check it out. They have an evening service on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then Thursday and Friday they have a morning service. So if you if you uh, want to go check that out, they're the pastors at Rama Bible Church, and they also I don't know what their official titles are. Are they the what's the titles Kelsey for the school, Rama? Okay, well, they start, they, I know that Pastor Hagen, he, he, he wrote the first curriculum for the first year of the school, so they are well invested into Rama Bible Training Center. And Kelsey is here visiting from Rama. <laughs> and um, so that's August. And then Pastor Doug goes to India to Rama schools in india to teach august 26th i mean 27th he's leaving for three weeks and then august 26th see we're still in august and i have september up here too so are you still with me in case you're tired of sitting and listening to me we're having a prayer walk you like to walk and pray yeah prayer walk on august 26th we have a new we have so many announcements and events for you to participate in to spread the gospel of Jesus. We had to set up a table in the back. So, it's along the wall there and there's sign-up sheets if you want more information or if you want to participate or you can go to our website vcfpa.org and it's all on the website. And you can share these things with your friends and family. That's August. Okay. Some of you may and some of you may not be wondering why you received a card when you walked in. If you did not receive this card with vcfpa.org and a QR code in the back, raise your hand. We have some fine young men who are passing these cards out. Do, 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 do. Some of you probably already scanned it and know exactly what it is. And others of you are wondering, what do I do with this? <laughs> wonder no more to register to be on our vcf meal team meal like food (laughs) got that steven yeah steven's our food dude (laughs) we will email you when there is a need to in the body and you are welcome to participate you don't cook no problem you could order a pre-cooked meal provide a gift card Make a donation towards a meal, etc. Click the QR code and sign up today. <laughs> How'd I do, Lisa? <laughs> She's laughing. Okay, I, th- I think I did good. 
Okay, and then September, back to school. Some kids are excited. Some are not so excited. Some parents are excited. (laughs) Some teachers are excited. All right. So September, just a heads up. Woven, our women's group, will be starting again in September. It's the third Friday of the month, so that's September 15th from 6 to 8.30. That's for women. And we, and we are, woven is women of victory enjoying new life. Doesn't that sound awesome? Yeah. And then um, Sunday, September 17th, the third Sunday, of the month, we have our women's book club. So women, we've got, we've got things for you starting in September. You don't have to sign up for it. You could just let us know because we do prepare a small lunch. It's not too small. I don't know. I don't want to use the word small. We provide a light, I think is the official word, a light lunch. <laughs> Some women eat the lunch and others don't. Some people, Some women have the book and others don't. You come for the reason you want to come, ladies. We enjoy communicating, building friendships. And the book this fall that we're going to be studying is Dr. Fiona's newest book, Blind Spots, Removing Blind Spots from Your Life. It's in the bookstore. It's online on Amazon. Or you can just come and listen to us talk about it. (laughs) So that's, that's the third weekend of September, I think. Oh, no, there's one more thing. October, let's just jump into October while we're at it, right? Are you still with me? Okay, you're doing awesome. You have beautiful faces. You're paying attention. I love it. Thank you very much. October, we're having our first ever Inheritance Family Conference. All ages are welcome. Woo-hoo! <laughs> I like first. Here's a tidbit. I was born January 1st. That's why I like first. One, one, you know. You got to love first. So this is Inheritance Family Conference. We're gearing up for great things. There is a sign-up sheet in the back if you want to participate by volunteering for that. Miss Lisa wrote uh, some pencil notes here. Um, gift baskets and giveaways are part of the Inheritance Family Conference that you can donate Or if you know a favorite business, you can share this with them and give them the opportunity to get their name out in our community and to be a blessing here at Victor Christian Fellowship. I have finished my announcement. God bless you. So a lot of this year has opportunities to serve. Amen? We're not a dead sea. We don't just take in and take in and take in, but we also give out too. And uh, um, so there's just ways to serve. You know, our family conference, we want to heal, help, and encourage families. So we need workers, and uh, we need people to uh, volunteer, and we need you to get the word out to families. Amen? I believe that we can help a lot of families in Palmyra. And uh, just get them here for fun, give them some fun, and give them, give them some of the word, too, with the Holy Spirit. Amen? All right. Uh, Dr. Fiona, would you come up here, please? Hallelujah. 
we are going to uh, welcome another member of Victory Christian Fellowship. Hallelujah. Lenny, uh, do you want to come up? And if some of your family want to come too, come on. Join your family member if you want. Hallelujah. We are so excited uh, to be able to uh, welcome Lenny Weidman here as a member of Victory Christian Fellowship. And, uh, you know, God is doing some great things. And uh, so, Lenny, we want to officially welcome you as a member. Hallelujah. Stretch forth your hand. Father, we just want to pray over Lenny right now. We thank you, Lord, that you brought him here and you're doing great and mighty things in his life. The work that you began in him, you're faithful to complete until you return. Lord, I call him strong. I call him uh, full of the knowledge of the Lord. And I call him blessed, Father. And I thank you for your mighty hand to rest upon him in his life. And, Lord, we just give you all the glory and all the praise for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you. You're welcome. And if you want to uh, become a member, you can inquire about that. Um. And uh, just to clarify, you know, the the meals that we do are for like if, you know, if there's a funeral or a hospital thing, it's it's uh, along the lines of benevolence there. And uh, praise the Lord. Well, you guys ready for the Lord today? I know we're going to dismiss the kids here. But uh, just want to thank you for your faithfulness and giving to God. Amen. Amen. You can't outgive God, but you can certainly enjoy the benefits. You don't have to give, but we get to give. Amen. And, and God is very clear from the beginning of creation. Uh, he, he has provided us with everything, and we give him a portion. Amen. And uh, God's portion is a tenth. It's a tithe. And he said, bring all the tithes and the uh, offerings into the storehouse, that there might be meat in my house. And uh, prove me now, herewith says the Lord. This is Malachi 3. He says, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and I will open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing on you so great that your rooms cannot contain it. Amen. Amen. So it's, it's blessed to give, to support God's work and to give into his work. He, he has greater returns than anything on Wall Street. So, uh, Father, you, you can give any time uh, during the service. We have envelopes at our seed planter by the bookstore. And as you come in, of course, if you watch online, you can go to the website and do it that way. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful that we get to give into your kingdom, Lord. It's such a joy and an honor and a privilege. And I call every giver and their gifts blessed of you, Father. I thank you that you protect them, you provide for them, and you prosper them. And, Lord, the blessing of of you is on them and you make them rich and you add no sorrow with it in Jesus name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. All right. Kids, are you ready for some kids life? Our teachers and our kids go have a good class. Learn about the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God.
Amen. Well, you ready for the word this morning? This is kind of a, a word of encouragement and a word of warning. How many of you know the Bible's got warnings? Because it doesn't want you to go the wrong way. Right? And uh, if you have your Bibles, I would love for you to turn to the book of Acts, chapter 11. Acts chapter 11. And uh, we're going to begin re- reading there at uh, verse 19. Acts chapter 11 and verse 19. I'm going I'm to give you some soul food today, you know, food for your soul. That's the word of God. And in Acts 9, uh, 11 verse 19, it says, Now those who were scattered after the persecution that arose over uh, Stephen, traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, preaching the word to no one but the Jews only. See, in the beginning, uh, they were just preaching to the Jews, right? But uh, we're part of that but, amen? But some of them were men from Cyprus and Cyrene, who, when they had come to Antioch, spoke to the Hellenists, or the Greeks, preaching the Lord Jesus. So they, they ventured out from the Jews, and they started preaching to the Gentiles. All right? And uh, verse 21, and the hand of the Lord was with them. Say, the hand of the Lord was with them. And a great number believed and turned to the Lord. Then the news of these things came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent out Barnabas to go as far as Antioch. When he came and had seen the grace of God, say he saw the grace of God. All right. He was glad, and he encouraged them that with a purpose of heart, they should continue with the Lord. Everybody say continue. So today I want to talk to you about maintaining God's gift of grace. You mean, what are you talking about, Pastor? I got to maintain something? You know, if I was to give you a brand new car, wouldn't you have to maintain it? How about if I was to give you a puppy? Yeah, you'd have to maintain it. Right? I could give you a brand new house. But you still got to cut the grass. Amen? You know, God gives us the gift of grace. But we got to maintain that gift. How do we maintain it? You follow close to Jesus. You walk with Jesus. You worship him. You serve him. You obey him. You study his word. That's how we maintain the grace. Amen? God gives us this beautiful gift of grace, which is his enabling power, his favor, his goodness, his uh, endowment of ability. And he gives it to us, but we've got to maintain it. We've got to keep up our end of the bargain. Amen? Everybody say, we're in the maintenance program. Because the Bible warns us, 
about not receiving the grace of God in vain. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But what is this grace? You know, Barnabas, he was sent by the church and he saw the grace of God. In other words, there was evidence in how it was operating or how it was working. He saw the lives being changed. He saw people being saved, right? He saw the work that grace was doing. Remember when they were preaching, what was on them? The hand of the Lord, right? That's, that's a symbol of God's grace, God's power, God's ability. You know what? When God gives you a high five, you'll be changed forever. <laughs> he rests his hand on you. Amen. You know, often in the Old Testament, prophets, they would say the hand of the Lord came on me and they would do something great, say something great. You know, the, Samson, when he operated in the strength, the hand of the Lord would come upon him. And all of a sudden he could do these great feats of strength because he was doing it with God's ability, not his ability. Amen? So what is this grace that God gives us that Barnabas saw working in Antioch, right? He saw the effects of grace. You know, God's a special effect artist. He, 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 he's better than all these computer-generated things you see in the movies, right? God's got some special effects. And, and God works in his people. He works through his people, right? He works to, to do his will and to bring about a change, okay? So this grace, it means uh, to be gracious. It means a manner or act. I like this definition, a divine influence on the heart and its reflection in the life. How many are under the influence of God? Glory to God. Don't, don't have a DUI, but have a GUI. God's under the influence. Amen? You don't want to drive under certain influences. You know, some things can influence you for negative. But we've got to be influenced by God. A divine influence upon the heart. And it's reflection in the life. Grace means benefit, favor, gift. It means pleasure. Um, it's favor and kindness. It's an attribute of God. God is gracious. Amen? Grace operates with mercy. It, it flows with love and compassion and patience, and it helps to deliver from distress. Woo! See, I got a distress deliverer. It's called grace. Hallelujah. If you're feeling distress, God gives you grace to dissipate the distress. Amen? Grace brought deliverance to Israel out of Egypt. Grace is always free. Woo! You don't have to pay to get charged up with grace. Amen? Now, we're a charging station. We don't, it doesn't cost you anything to get grace. Grace is always free. Why? It's a gift of God. Amen? It's undeserved, but it must not be taken for granted. You know, how many of you 
have ever received a gift and you say, oh, that's a beautiful, beautiful wrapping paper. That's a beautiful container. And you just set it on the shelf and you never open it. The gift was given to you. It belongs to you, but you've never utilized it. Amen? Sometimes we do that with God. Right? We, God gives us these things. He gives us gifts. And we just kind of put it on the side and don't do anything with it. All right? Grace is only enjoyed in God's covenant. It's God's gift and it's received by faith. Everybody say by faith. For by grace are you saved through faith. Not of yourselves. Not that anyone could boast. It's the gift of God by grace through faith. Amen? Grace is... uh, God's favor, it's, uh, you know, God revealed his grace to us through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Jesus is the epitome of grace. Amen? He saved us. He saved the entire world, just a lot of them don't know about it. They don't know they've been saved. Amen? The Holy Spirit's called the Spirit of Grace. He's the agent or the applicator of grace. Hallelujah. You know, like a real estate agent, they'll show you properties. They represent a real estate company. The Holy Spirit, he's our grace agent. He can show you. He can help you understand how grace operates, how grace functions, so that you can operate in it. Amen? The Holy Spirit is our personal concierge given to us by God. You know, concierge is one of those people when you go into a hotel, they help you with anything, right? They'll get you a car or they'll give you directions or whatever, you know. Amen? Hallelujah. All right? Let's go to Acts chapter 13 now. Acts chapter 13. Say, thank God for God's grace. All right? Acts chapter... Now, I want you to notice something, though. Barnabas encouraged them to stay true or to continue with the Lord. Why would you have to tell someone to continue in it? That means there must be a possibility where you can discontinue it. How many are a member of something? Have you ever discontinued your membership to something? Right? You were a member of something, but then you discontinued, so you're no longer a member of that thing, which means you no longer get the benefits. Right? But Barnabas... He encouraged them to continue in the Lord. See, once you start with the Lord, that's great, but you've got to continue with the Lord. How many of Christianity is a journey? Some people get derailed. They end up in a ditch on either side. Uh, Yesterday, what was it? Or no, Friday. It was Friday. (laughs) Uh, I went out to lunch with Josiah and and Joshua, and... uh, Josiah wanted to go to the guitar center, you know, musician. We're like, wow, we really want to go, but because we love you, Josiah, we're going to go. I should know better when the prophet speaks, I need to listen. (laughs) We were in Tulsa when we had first moved Gabriel down, and something was wrong with his car. And uh, Josiah said, it's the spark plug. I'm like, oh, no, it's not the spark plug. Guess what it was? It was the spark plug. (laughs) It was the spark plug. (laughs) Anyway, so we're in Guitar Center, right? And I was looking at some of the lighting uh, things, and uh, 
Joshua and Josiah were, were at, by the keyboards, and there was this lady there. And uh, her name was Margie. And she was testing out the keyboard. And uh, she said, oh, yeah, I play. I'm a musician. All my family's a musician. And then Josiah was asking her, well, what's your favorite worship song? She says, name one. I mean, she started to sing. She was playing and singing at the top of her voice in guitar. So we had a little worship jam session in guitar center. And she had cataracts. She said, I got cataracts. I said, would you mind if I pray for you? I, I said, I'm a pastor. She goes, oh, you're a pastor. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And she was playing that keyboard and singing. And there were two other guys. They, they were in the different section, but the same room. They were like, you know, they were kind of moving like this. Because Sister Margie can play, man. She said, she, so we, uh, Joshua had a card, so she said she might come. She, um, she's 86 years old. And, and boy, I'll tell you what, it was just an incredible time to share with someone and to just experience that blessing. Anyway, Acts 13 and uh, verse 43 So um, when the, now when the congregation had broken up, many of the Jews and devout proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who, who speaking to them persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. Say, I got to continue. You started this journey, now you got to continue the journey. You got to be faithful to the end. You've got to walk it through. If your journey is 500 miles, you don't stop at 450. Amen? I'm too tired. Come on. So we can continue. Are we there yet? Say, no, we're going on. Amen? Say, I'm going to continue. Say, nothing's going to make me stop. God wants us to continue walking with him, to continue in the grace of God, continue receiving its benefits, continue walking in its power, to continue representing Christ on this earth. Amen? How many are in it for the long term? You know, as your pastor, I'm in it for the long term. This is our, this will be our 21st year in September. We're in it for the long term. Amen? So we got to continue. The Bible says to continue in the grace of God. But if a person chooses to discontinue, they can. God will not interfere with a person's will. But when you discontinue operating with the grace of God, it discontinues in you. How many know the story of King Saul in the Bible, Old Testament, first king of Israel? God gave him several assignments, but one assignment in particular, he was told to go and kill the Amalekites because the Amalekites had not repented. They were wicked. They were evil. They were doing evil things, and they gave Israel some problems, uh, and uh, he said, kill them all. I know that sounds harsh. I know that, you know, when we think of a God of love, he's also a God of justice, Right? And God is fair, so he gave those people lots of opportunities to repent, okay? Anyway, Saul was told to kill them, kill all the animals, okay? So he goes, and uh, he's got the anointing of God. He's in a position of authority. He's got the means to do what God told him to do, 
All right? So he goes, but he keeps the good sheep. He kept the good cows. He kept the good donkeys. And he kept the king, Agag, alive. So the prophet Samuel uh, comes on the scene because in that day, you know, you could, uh, the prophet, the priest, and the king, that's how you heard from God, right? And, uh, Saul was, was declaring, I did everything that you told me to do. Liar, liar, pants on fire. Samuel, he said, well, what's this bleeding of sheep I hear? And Saul said, oh, well, the people wanted this stuff. Hey, buddy, you're the king. Right? Whatever a king says, people have to do, not other way around. When you're a king, it's not a democracy. Amen? And uh, then Agag was there, but Saul was convinced that he did what he was told to do, but he didn't follow all the instructions. He didn't complete the task that he was assigned to do. And it was at this point in Saul's life where the anointing left him because of his disobedience. Now, this wasn't the first time he disobeyed. This was after several assignments, okay? How many know, you know, when God tells you to do something, if you don't do it the first time, there's there's mercy, right? But the more you go with God, the more you grow with God, he expects more of you. Amen? It's just like a child. As they grow, you expect them to have greater responsibility. Amen? Am I right about that? Well, he, he was still in the position of authority, but now he had no anointing because the anointing left him. And what came in, in the anointing's place? An evil spirit to torment him. So it's important that we continue with God. Amen? It's important that we continue with God. I'm going to say it one more time. It's important that we continue with God. We got to continue to be faithful. We got to continue to serve. We got to continue to display fruit of the Spirit. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, what did, what did Jesus tell? Go to John chapter 8 for a minute. John chapter 8 for a minute. And look at verse 31. John 8, 31. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed. So he's talking to believers. Right? He said, if. Everybody say if. That's conditional. That's based on your decision, based on your response. If you abide in my word, what does it mean to abide? It means to continue. It means to hang out, to dwell, to not leave. This is my spot. This is my stand. This is where I'm going to be. This is who I'm going to be. This is how I'm going to live. Amen? Does God expect us to live a certain way? Or can we just live any way that we want to? We could do that when we're Lord, but guess what? Newsflash, we're not Lord. That means we don't get to dictate the way we need to go. Amen? Okay. 
So we have to abide in the word. All right. Glory to God. We have to make grace a lifestyle. Go to Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. We have to be accustomed to God's favor. Did you know God gave you favor? And his favor gives you a flavor. And his, the flavor doesn't change every month. Right? Because God's flavor is always good. And it's acceptable to every palate. Amen? Favor gives you flavor. Hallelujah. But we need to walk in God's favor. We need to walk in God's goodness. We need to know that God's blessed us. We need to walk in that power. Amen? Why? Why couldn't the devil beat up Paul enough where he would stop preaching? Because the grace was stronger. The grace was stronger than any opposition that he ever encountered. God told Paul, he said, my grace is sufficient for you. That means it can handle any opposition. It can overcome any attack. It can keep you through any trouble. My grace is sufficient for you. It's more than enough to do the job. So Paul said, hey, I'm a glory in my weakness. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 6, verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. Everybody say, certainly not. There comes a point in time when you meet Jesus, you've got to stop sinning. Because when you meet Jesus, he takes out the sin nature. That's the nature that makes you want to sin. That's the nature that bound you to the enemy. That bound you to, you couldn't help but be a sinner. But once that sin nature is taken out, glory to God, you're a new creature in Christ Jesus. You can actually say no to sin. Was Joseph tempted to commit sexual sin? Certainly. Potiphar's wife wasn't ugly. It was a real temptation that she did to him day after day after day. There was a lot of pressure on Joseph to sin. But what did Joseph say? How can I do this thing against my God? He actually refused the temptation. Why? And he didn't even have grace in him. He didn't even have the Holy Spirit in him yet like we do but joseph said no say i can say no you don't have to accept the temptation god's given you the power to say no he's given you the power to do something different to do the right thing amen we can do the right thing oh you know the bible says there's no sin that is taken man that is uncommon to you but, but with every temptation, the Bible says, he gives you a way out. See, I have a way out. Romans 6.1, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? The answer, certainly not. Don't you like the Bible? It asks the question and gives you the answer. How shall we 
who died to sin live any longer in it. We, by the grace of God, we got to know that we died to sin. We died to the nature of sin. We died, we, we, we cut ties with sin. We broke chains from sin. Amen. Sin no longer has a grip on you like it did before. And that's what grace does. Grace helps you walk the walk and talk the talk. How shall we say, I'm, de- I'm dead to sin. When did you die when Jesus did? You know, he took the sin up. Whose sin did he take? Just mine? The whole world's sin. He took it all and nailed it to the cross. Praise God. Verse, okay, verse 3. Or do you not know that as many of us were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death? Woo, glory to God. I've been baptized into Christ. That means I've been baptized into death. That means I'm resurrected. If you were baptized in his death, then you're also resurrected like he was. Amen? Now, I get to live like Jesus. Does that mean I always live like Jesus? No, I still got a flesh to contend with. But, but I got some armor. I've got some means. I got a strategy that I can overcome the flesh. Amen? Hallelujah. Okay? He goes on to say, verse 4, Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. I got some new shoes on today. You know what I'm doing? I'm walking in my new shoes. And they feel good. Now let's walk in our new life. Let's walk in victory. Amen? If you lived a life of abuse, God's resurrection can free you from that pain. I don't care if it was verbal, physical, mental, doesn't matter. Jesus Christ can free you. Grace is stronger than the abuse. Grace will give you a better future. If you're beginning, if you didn't start off well in life, let me tell you something. You can finish well in life. By the grace of God. Why? Because I'm going to continue walking in the gift that God gave me. I'm going to continue believing God that he gave me this most wonderful gift called grace. And I'm going to maintain the gift that he gave me. I'm going to, I'm going to shine it up. Amen? I'm going to change the oil. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm maintaining it. I'm going to come to church every week. Oh, you just stepped on my toes there. Well, I'm the pastor. That's okay. We have band-aids in the thing there. All right, verse 5. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly, everybody say certainly. You know, the Bible uses words on purpose. We also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. We got to walk like we've been resurrected. Too many times we're walking in defeat. Let me tell you something. You've been resurrected from defeat. You've been given victory. God, thank be unto God. He always causes me to triumph. I have the victory in Jesus Christ, my Lord. We need to start walking in victory. Put your head up high. 
Put a little oomph in your walk. You've got to walk like a new man. Talk like a new man. Think like a new man. You don't do what the old used to do. Why? Because I'm continuing in grace. I'm continuing to honor the gift that God gave me. Do you know the best way to honor a giver is to use what you, they've given you? Amen? A giver gets great joy when they give you a gift and they see you using it or benefiting from it or enjoying it. Am I right? It's not just in the giving of it. But they're giving it to you because they want to bless you and they love it when they see you putting it to use. Oh my goodness. We got to turn back that clock. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. All right. Okay. Go to Galatians chapter 2. Galatians chapter 2. Hmm. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. If you, even for a moment, if you haven't continued in God's grace, you can start again today. Today can be a brand new start. You can take a mulligan today if you're a golfer, right? That means a mulligan is a do-over. You know, when a golfer hits a bad shot and it makes them want to wrap their club around the tree, say, I'm going to take a mulligan. That means you get to do it again. Amen? If you bake a cake and it didn't rise like you wanted to, make another one. You can make a brand new cake today. You can have a new start today. Amen? But here's the thing. God gave us repentance. If you know that you've missed the mark or didn't do something that God wanted you to do, you need to repent. That means stop going the wrong way. Start going the way. Change your mind. Change your heart. Change your action. Why do you think God put repentance in his word? He was human. He knows how humans think. You know, we're only one-third saved. You're like, I'm one-third? Yeah, you are spirit. You have a soul, you live in a body. Your spirit's born again, but your soul's not. Neither is your body. You gotta renew your mind how often? Every day. day, And you gotta subdue your body. Right? Paul said, I put my body under. Well, who's the I that he's talking about? He's talking about the spirit. I put my body under. I, the spirit man, is the real man. I live in this body. This is my house. Without this house, I can't connect the physical realm. I need this house to walk on this earth. Amen? But this house isn't me. I live in this house. Well, this house looks like me. If you see me out of this house, you'll see me just like I am, but but I'm not this house. So we're only one-third saved. Our spirits are saved, but our minds aren't. And our bodies aren't. And those are two things that we have to contend with every day. Your body gets... uh, Our bodies are easily addicted. Right? Our bodies are just designed to want more. And we got to put our bodies under. Right? Because our bodies will get us into trouble. 
How many's ever had a Thanksgiving meal? Right? You eat the Thanksgiving meal, you say, oh, I'm so full. Three hours later, I'm so hungry. Where's the leftovers? Make me a turkey sandwich. Am I right about it? Why? Because your body just wants more. It wants more than what it can have. Amen? Okay. Galatians 2. And uh, verse... uh, hmm. Let's go to verse 20. Well, no, let's back up to verse 19. Galatians 2, verse 19. He says here, Paul's writing, For I through the law died to the law that I might live to God. Everybody say, I, I don't live to the law, but I live to God. Okay, that's a different way of living. Now, when you live to God, he still has laws, right? Love your neighbor. Or love the Lord your God as your, uh, with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. That's a law. And love your neighbor as yourself. That's a law. Right? There's a law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. That's a law. There's still laws, but they're a whole lot better than what the laws were. Jesus took all these laws. You know, the Pharisees, they added stuff to the law. They made it such a heavy burden that no one could fulfill it. Not even them. They, they, they called carrying your mat labor on the Sabbath. And when Jesus healed on the Sabbath and there would be people carrying the mat, the Pharisees would be all up. They don't care that he got healed, that he couldn't walk for 30 years, but now he can walk. They just care that he's carrying his mat on the Sabbath. And Jesus got so ticked off at them. He said, you blind Pharisees, you're the blind leading the blind. You snakes in the grass, you whitewashed tombstones. Read Matthew 23 to see what he said about the Pharisees. Religion will, will, it doesn't care what God did for you. It cares how how you uh, carry out your duty. But Jesus is not religious. He didn't come to establish a religion. He come to restore a relationship. Okay? All right. Galatians 2, 19. For through the law... I died to the law that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. Notice he said that past tense. I have been crucified. Not I'm going to be. I have been. Okay? It is no longer I who live. His name used to be Saul. Now it's Paul. He used to persecute. Now he plants churches. Now he preaches. He went from persecuting to preaching. That's a change. Amen? I mean, when Paul first started, he had such a reputation, people were afraid of him. They didn't didn't want to associate with him, okay? But Christ lives in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Say, God loves me. He gave himself for me. Now, notice verse 21. I do not set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. How do you set aside grace? You start abiding by the law. Do's, don'ts. Do's, don'ts. Do's, don'ts. Blah, blah, blah. You can't be good enough for God's gift. It's a gift. You just have to receive it. Paul said, I do not set aside 
the grace of God. Because if I start going by the law, then Christ died in vain. If you could go by the law, you don't need any faith. If you could actually follow the law, you could actually get the benefits of the law, but you can't follow the law. The law was just designed to show you how much you need a Savior. Amen? All right. Let's go to Galatians chapter 3, verse 1. Galatians 3, verse 1. <laughs> you know, in the, in, in the church of Galatia, there were Judaizers. See, Judaism is the religion of the Jews. Okay? They, they keep the Sabbath. They do all those things, you know. And uh, the Judaizers were trying to get the Christians back into Judaism in the Galatian church. Okay? They were like looking in saying, they, they saw how free the Galatians were, but they said, oh, they're too free. They need to be bound. <laughs> so they were trying to bind them again. All right? Galatians 3 verse 1. Oh, foolish Galatians. I'd like to bring you a message today. Oh, foolish people. <laughs> well, right there, I, that's not, pastor's just not encouraging me. This is not the place for me. <laughs> Let me tell you, the Bible tells it like it is. Who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? Who do you think you are to say that you can obey what you... Listen, the Bible is not a smorgasbord. You can't take and pick what you like and leave what you don't like. You know, oh, I don't like this. Let me just rip that page out of the Bible. I don't like that. Let me just rip that page out of the Bible. Uh-uh. This is God's Word. He meant what he said, and he said what he meant, and it is so good, it is so perfect, he doesn't even have to change a word. And he specifically said not for us to add to or take away from what he said. Right? Okay. So, uh, oh foolish Galatians, who bewitched you, who tricked you, who deceived you that you should not obey the truth? You know, you, people could be deceived. You know, a person who's deceived, they don't know that they're deceived. That's the, whole, that's the whole point of deception. You didn't know what was happening. You didn't know what was taking place, right? Okay? So, before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified. Verse 2. This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? How do we receive the Spirit? Can we work for it? No, we can just hear about it and believe it. Amen. The hearing of faith. Everybody say the hearing of faith. That's how you receive anything from God. If it takes faith to get saved, it also takes faith to get healed. It also takes faith to prosper. It also takes faith to invoke protection. Amen. Everything that God gives us, everything that God wants us to do has to be by faith. Us believing in him, trusting in him. And fully persuaded about what he said. Amen? Am I, am I telling some truth today? Okay. Did you receive the, the spirit by the works of the law, by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun in the spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? Now, they started off right, but now they're getting over into the flesh. They're letting the flesh rule them. They're letting the flesh dominate them. They're, they're letting the flesh uh, lead their life. That's trouble. Amen? 
God did not design your flesh to be in charge. Why? Until you get a new body, your flesh and your spirit are in opposition. They, 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 they butt heads. You know, when you butt heads with someone, you don't get along. Right? There's like controversy, contention, could be strife even. So they started off good, but what happened? They stopped continuing. They discontinued their membership. And they started getting off. Okay? Are you, verse 4, have you suffered so many things in vain? If indeed it was in vain, therefore he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? What's the answer? He says he does it by faith. Okay? All right? Um, So, we don't want to set aside the grace. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Oh, hallelujah. Let me, get this in. Let me get this out, Lord. Help me. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Glory to God. Hallelujah. All right. Verse 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1. We then, as workers together with him, also plead with you not to receive the grace of God. How? You can receive it in vain. What does that mean? You don't value it. You think lowly of it. You're looking at how the grace affects someone and you're criticizing the effect. That's how to receive the grace of God in vain. You don't celebrate it. It doesn't get you excited. Notice he's pleading. We plead with you not to receive the grace of God in vain. Don't receive it in vain. Value what God is doing. Celebrate what God is doing. Honor what God is doing. Don't receive it in vain. Don't treat it lightly. Don't despise it. Hebrews 12 talks about a man named Esau. Esau and Jacob were twins. And Esau was about to be born first, and Jacob grabbed a hold of his ankle. He said, no, I'm coming out. (laughs) And there was a struggle, but Esau ended up being firstborn, right? They even struggled in the womb, right? Rachel was like, she's praying to God. She's going, what's going on? And God said, oh, there's two nations in your womb. And they're struggling. Boy, settle down. So the thing about it is the law was the firstborn son gets the double inheritance, gets all the goods, gets the control. But God had told Rachel and Jacob that the younger was going to rule the older. You know, there were times where God shifted the order. He did it with Joseph's sons, Manasseh and Ephraim, right? He shifted the order. And so Esau was the firstborn. 
Esau was a hunter and Jacob hung out with his mama. He was a mama's boy. Nothing wrong with being a mama's boy. He made baskets. He knew how to bake bread. But Esau could hunt. Right? He was a hunter and a fisher. He even had a lot of hair. You know, he was rough. And uh, one day Esau was hunting and Jacob had made this beautiful pot of stew that he got the recipe from his mama. This is mama's stew. And, uh, you know, Esau was hungry. And he's like, give me some food. And uh, Jacob said, well, give me your birthright, which was the key to the blessing. And Esau, the Bible says he despised his birthright. He didn't value it. He didn't care about it. He wasn't concerned about spiritual things. He was concerned about physical things. He set aside his birthright. You can have my birthright. It's nothing to me. Give me some stew, boy. So he traded his birthright for some stew. One momentary pleasure, he lost an eternal blessing. The Bible calls Esau profane. You read it. I, I, I don't have time to go there. Hebrews 12. I'm, we're not going to go there. But he's an example of someone that you don't want to do. Right? Because if you despise your birthright, then you miss out on your blessing. So they, Paul was urging them not to receive the grace of God in vain. Vain means empty. Vain means nothing. Vain means there's no substance. Do you know when uh, Solomon wrote the book of Ecclesiastes? When he was carnally minded, because everything is vanity, vanity. All, it's all vanity. He's thinking fleshly. He's thinking carnal. He's not thinking spiritual. But God wrote it in there to give us a picture. The Bible says to be carnally minded is what? Death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. How many want death? Can I see a show of hands? How many would like life and peace? You guys get an A plus. You guys are awesome students. Well, if you want to, if you want to, if you want life and peace, you got to be spiritually minded. You got to, you got to be thinking more about the spirit than you are about the natural. You got to be thinking more about God's word than you are about anything else. You got to put God first, more above anything else and above anyone else. Oh, hallelujah. Okay, let's read on. Verse 2, for he says, in an acceptable time I have heard you, and in the day of salvation I have helped you. You know, grace helps you, grace hears you. Amen? This is what grace does. Verse, uh, behold, now is the accepted time, now is the day of salvation. Dr. Fiona talked about it, today is now. Everybody say now. Faith is now. It doesn't take a moment, but to get into faith, you can get into faith right now. You can receive faith right, you can receive right now. Hallelujah. You can change your situation right now. You don't have to wait another day. You can do it right now, today, in this moment. If you've gotten off the path, you can get back on the path right now. If you've gotten away from Jesus, you can get back connected to Jesus right now. Hallelujah. Verse 3, we give no offense in anything that our ministry may not be blamed. Verse 4, but in all things, we commend ourselves as ministers of God in much patience. Everybody say, much patience. Tribulation. 
in needs, in distresses, in stripes, imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in sleeplessness, in fasting. I doesn't sound like I want to be in the ministry. By purity, by knowledge, by long-suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Spirit, by sincere love. How can he go through all those stuff? How can you deal with all that stuff? Through the grace of God. They said, we presented our ministry without offense. We did everything right. We, we presented it so that they're with integrity. Amen? And honor. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We don't want to misunderstand or misappropriate the grace. That's receiving it in vain. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Mm-mm-mm. All right. Um, let's go to, I'm, I'm getting to a point where I can finish here. Go to Philippians chapter 2. I'm almost done. Thank God I didn't hear an amen. <laughs> no, just kidding. Just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's okay. See, as an evangelist, I had a a phrase, blessed are the short-winded, they shall be invited back. As a pastor, well, I'm always here, so. (laughs) No, but I learned that you don't have to, you don't get, get all my notes. All right, Philippians chapter 2, verse 12, and I'm going to read this from the Amplified. Well, no, I'll I'll read it in New King James. Philippians 2.12. Therefore, my beloved, say I'm God's beloved. You got to see yourself. You are someone whom God loves. You are God's beloved. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed. Everybody say always. Always. That's a tough one to swallow. (laughs) Not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Say, God's working in me. He works in you to will and to do. That means he gives you ability, he he gives you the desire, and he gives you the ability. He works in you to will and to do of his good pleasure. Hallelujah. See, God will help you along the way. If you miss it, he'll pick you up. He'll dust you off. He'll put you, he'll help you. Amen. We're not in this alone. We're not doing this by ourselves, but we're doing it in the grace of God, through the grace of God, that wonderful gift that he's given to us. It's working. Hallelujah. It is God who works in me. Say it's God who works in me. Woo, that's powerful. God's working in you right now to will and to do. God can say, God can take someone to say, I don't want to. And his love and kindness can say, okay, yeah, I'll do it. Amen. How many have ever done that? You know, when God called Moses, was Moses like, all right, God, yes. No, he was like, I can't speak. He said, who should I tell them is sending me? Tell them I am that I am. Well, they're not going to believe me. What's in your hand, your staff? Throw it on the ground. It becomes a snake. Pick it up by the tail. It becomes a stick. Right? I'm not eloquent. I made the mouth. I made the tongue. I just don't know what to say. Your brother Aaron's coming. He'll speak for you. The more 
Moses resisted what God was saying, the angrier God got at Moses. Why? When God speaks to you, his words contain the power and the ability and the grace. Everything's in his words for you to do what he said. Everything that, everything that God wants you to do and have is contained in what he says. So when God says, I want you to go deliver my people, then you've got the ability, you've got the power, you've got the know-how to go and do and to deliver his people from Egypt. Amen? It was contained in his words. Hallelujah, there's power in God's word. When he speaks to you, he, he, he has transferred his ability, his power, his grace to you. He has equipped you. He has clothed you. He has called you. He has empowered you. And it's through the grace of God. So don't set aside the grace. Don't receive it in vain. Take a hold of the grace of God. Believe it. Receive it. And walk in it. Hallelujah. Then, oh, look at verse 14. Because God gives you the will, he gives you the desire and the ability to do what he's called you to do. Do all things without what? Okay, that's five of you that said that. We need to have a complaint deliverance ministry today. Do how many things? Without what? Say no complaints. When God asks you to do, stop complaining. Do all things. Going to church, all things. Serving your family, all things. Without complaining. If you read the Old Testament, God does not favor complaints. When he hears a complaint, he takes it personal. It doesn't matter if you're complaining about someone else or something else. God says, why are they complaining about me? Read it. Numbers 13 and 14. Read it. Ain't got time to go there. Okay. All right. Mm. All right, go to Galatians 5. Okay, two more scriptures. Two more. That's it. You, you okay with that? Two more scriptures. Can I get four? No, just kidding. <laughs> two, uh, listen, I'm going to be a man of my word. Two more scriptures. Okay? Galatians 5. Mm. Galatians 5. And uh, verse 4. You have become estranged from Christ, disconnected from the anointing. You who attempt to be justified by the law, you have fallen from what? You've fallen from grace. Who was the first one to fall from grace? Satan. Jesus had a front row seat with popcorn. He said, I saw Satan fall like lightning to the earth. He was in an atmosphere of perfect grace in heaven. And yet, Satan chose to exalt himself above God. He wanted God's worship. He wanted to be in charge. That didn't work out so well for him, did it? He got kicked out of heaven. He fell from grace. 
Paul is encouraging the Galatian church not to fall from grace because you've become estranged from Christ. You know, when you stop fellowshipping with Christ, you short-circuit his power in your life. When you stop spending time with God and God's people, you short-circuit his power in your life. You know what a short circuit does, right? It prevents the electrical current from going to where it needs to go. If there's a break in the circuit, the switch over here that's connected to the circuit doesn't work. Because there's a break in the, in the circuit. Electric, electricity can't flow through. Power can't flow through. Because they become... Notice, it was, it was a slow process. They became estranged. You know, if you take one step in the wrong direction... Now you're headed in the wrong direction. Taking one step in the wrong direction makes it easier to take another step in the wrong direction. And another step in the wrong direction. And another step in, and, look, and look at how far I've gotten now. Christ is over there and I'm over here, but he didn't move. I did. I become estranged to him. Distant from him. I don't know what he's thinking. I don't know what he's saying. It's hard for me to hear his words. It's hard for me to get his instruction. You know, no man is an island to themselves. God wants us close to him. He wants us walking with him, hand in hand. He needs to be in front, but we're right there with him. Amen? He needs to call the shots, but we're right there with him. We're following him. We're following the shepherd. He's a good shepherd. He takes good care of the sheep, but we got to follow him. We can't follow our own desires, our own thoughts. I've seen people who have left church. They don't think church is important. The head of the church bought the church with his blood. That's pretty important to me. How many of you have bought something with blood? If you're going to buy something with blood, there's some value in that. That's all I'm going to say about that. Okay, last scripture. Um, go to Hebrews 13. Oh, no, 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 no. Hebrews 12. I didn't think I was going to get here, but I'm going to get here. <laughs> I'm here. Hebrews 12. And then I'm done. Hebrews 12, 12. Double, double. I want you to be encouraged today. If there's any area in your life that you missed it, it can be restored right now. You can be healed right now. You're forgiven already right now. Amen. Did you know that you walked into this place forgiven? God doesn't have to forgive you in the spot. He's already forgiven you. Amen? But he's faithful and just to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Hallelujah. You run to him, he will never refuse you. He will welcome you with open arms. But you've got to run to him. Amen? You've got to run to him. Hebrews twelve twelve. Okay, then I'm done. Therefore, strengthen the hands which hang down. Hands that are hanging down show defeat. Because victors, what do they do? They raise their hands. So it's our job as believers to strengthen the hands. If you see someone with their hands hanging down, give them some strength. What strength? The strength that comes from grace. The grace that's in you. Hallelujah. Say, here, I see that your hands are hanging down. 
Did you know that God gave you the victory? Did you know that you are victorious? I'm here to pump you up. Yama. All right? And the feeble knees. Feeble knees speaks of fear. You know, when people are fearful, their knees are knocking. Their knees are feeble. They're not willing to stand. They're shaking. Make straight paths for your feet. He's telling us how to not receive the grace of God in vain. Maintain your strength. Get rid of fear. When perfect love comes in, it casts out all fear. So just let perfect love come in. All right? Make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated, but rather healed. God doesn't want you dislocated. He wants you healed. Amen? Verse 14, pursue peace with all people. Boy, that's a challenge. But we can do it with the grace of God. Amen? There's nothing you can't do with the grace of God. God, God's grace can cause you to do the impossible. Pursue peace with all people and holiness. Everybody say holiness. God wants us to live holy. You can't just live any way that you want. We've got to live holy, righteous, without which no one will see the Lord. Oh, looking carefully lest anyone fall short of the grace. Looking how? Carefully. You've got to always look to Jesus. Amen? Lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. Then it goes on to talk about Esau. I don't want to be defiled. I want to be exalted. How do I get exalted? I exalt Jesus in my life. I live for him. I walk with him. I listen to him. I obey him. I look to him. Amen. He's given you the path to stay close, to maintain the gift of grace. Right there. To maintain the gift of grace. Amen. How many want to maintain God's gift of grace? It's the most beautiful, wonderful gift that we've ever been given. Grace is truly amazing. Why do we sing amazing grace? Because it's amazing. God gave me grace. He looked upon me, this lump of clay, and he saw value. He saw purpose. He saw design. He, he says, I've got a purpose for you. I've got a purpose for you. I've got a purpose for you. You've got to be walking in God's purpose. You've got to walk in God's plan for your life. What's that plan? Ask him. He'll show you. Come here. You'll learn. <laughs> Amen. If you have got off the path that you're supposed to be on, you need to get back on the path right now. You need to make things right right now. Don't sit there and think that well, I'm not going to go up because I'm afraid of what people are going to think. You're not motivated by what people think. Listen, God loves you. This is, a, this is an opportunity to get jump-started by God. Amen? He, he'll, he'll dust you off. He'll welcome you. He'll put a ring on you. He'll put a robe on you. He'll put new shoes on you. He'll set you up. He'll put your feet on a firm foundation. He'll get you out of that miry clay and he'll set you upon the rock. Amen. 
If you need healing in your body, grace can heal you. If you need help in your life, grace can help you. If you need direction in your life, grace can direct you. Amen. It's time to receive the grace of God today. If you have a need in your life and you need the grace of God to touch you, come up here right now in the name of you. Come and receive of the grace of God. God has given this free and gracious gift to us because he loves you. Hallelujah. And when you come up here today, I want you to have faith in the grace. All those that come up here today say, I have faith in the grace of God. And you're coming up to receive. Make up your mind. You're coming up here to receive today. A touch from the Almighty. Help in your life. Hallelujah. What do you need, Jen? What do you need?
today. Seal this word in our hearts by your Holy Spirit. We're going to go and we're going to walk in the grace of God from this point on. And we're never going to stop. We're not going to deter from the path. Glory to God. We're going to keep straight and narrow and we're going to fulfill all that you want us to do, Lord. Because you're working mightily in us. And we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Have an awesome and incredible week. God bless.